Percy, cancer has a way of reminding us that we should appreciate every day and live with hope. You know, the importance of of a godly testimony cannot be overstated, Mm -hmm. Wayne. When we live with hope, our lives gives hope to others as well. And ultimately, God wants our lives to be a testimony of hope in him. We're going to hear from a two-time cancer patient today and clinical nurse who has made a commitment to live every day to the fullest. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Come join us now for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. You're going to bring a guest to us on the program. Yes, sir. I think I'm going to do something different on this show today, huh? Oh, you're going to give us a little warning or what? No, we're, just, we're going to do what we always do. We're okay. To, we're going to talk to an amazing guest today. All right. Her name is Nancy LaQuintano. She's a nurse. And you had this conversation in Philadelphia. I did. And we're going to hear her talk about living life to the fullest. Absolutely. As a, uh, again, a a long-term nurse who has worked in the field for many, many years, well over 20 years. Uh, She's a former two-time cancer patient. And so she's going to help us understand and talk about when she walked through that journey on two separate occasions and how ultimately that has allowed her to be the nurse that she is today and why and how she lives life to the fullest today as a result of All right, we'll get to Nancy in just a moment. Do you have a scripture verse in mind for this program? I do. Our spiritual nugget, my friend, is found in 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, verses 3 and 4 tells us this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, verse 4, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And we're going to listen to someone who's going to help us to understand how that principle works in her life and then how she works that on behalf of others that she loves. All right. Percy, let me ask you, sometimes we hear the phrase integrative cancer care. In a nutshell, what do we mean by that? Well, the word integrate simply means to bring together different pieces to work together as a whole. And so uh, we're very familiar with the term whole person care uh, or what some people have deemed as holistic medicine. And it's just the principle of taking all of the different uh, philosophies and disciplines that matter to the human uh, makeup of a person. There's a mental, there's an emotional, there's a spiritual, and there's a physical uh, composite nature to us. And And each is important. And each is important. And they feed off of each other, believe it or not. And so uh, trying to have harmonious balance with all of those different uh, different aspects of who we are that ultimately and hopefully will produce uh, well-being and health and wholeness uh, that we then can begin to walk in the planet with. And so integrative care, what we do at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, is provide that type of support along with good clinical and conventional medicine. Yeah, well, this may be a question listeners have. What is integrative cancer care? I bring it up because we have a resource that explains it. Absolutely. And so that resource uh, really does kind of break that apart and give some layman's understanding to the approach of treating the whole person and all of the moving pieces that make us who we are. And if we ignore one of those pieces, 
how theoretically it could throw the other out of balance one with another. Uh, the goal here is to have optimal health and wellness where there's a mental, an emotional, a physical, and a spiritual component to us. And so that document will help to kind of understand how all of those moving pieces work together. Yes, and all these resources we offer each week are free, so you can download Integrative Cancer Care right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com integrative cancer care at health hope and inspiration.com while you're on the website take just a moment to answer our question of the week what was something you learned during your cancer journey these are very insightful answers we're getting from listeners and we'll share a couple later on in the program today but thank you for answering the question what was something you learned during your cancer journey answer at health hope and inspiration.com when you click on connect If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, a comprehensive cancer care network. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or call 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. And you can learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And Percy, just before we turn to our guest, uh, do you have a Bible verse there for us today? I do, my friend. And so let's start and open the Word of God. Our spiritual nugget for today is 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, verses 3 through 4. And it says this to us. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. That really sets up the conversation with our guest. Here's our host, Percy McCray, recorded in Philadelphia. I'm excited today with me is Nancy LaQuintano, who is a clinical nurse who works at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, but who is also a um, a former cancer patient as well. So welcome to the show, my dear. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being with us. I love nurses. I love talking to nurses, and I say this all the time. We're because, great. Yeah, the nurses are the backbone of, of the health industry and the healthcare process. Without a nurse who loves and cares and supports patients and does a lot of things that people probably are not aware that they do, mm-hmm. the healthcare system, I think, will collapse on its face. I really do. So I love and I honor nurses as much as I possibly can. So hugs, hugs, and kisses, thank kisses. Thank you. Yeah. That being said, thank you for being with us today. You are a nurse navigator. Correct. You've worked at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. How long now? Since 2011. Okay, so a little while. Mm-hmm. And you've been in nursing how long, my dear? Wow, I... Since 1991. Okay, so that a long time. Long time. Yeah, so you you pretty much know you want to be a nurse if you're going to do <laughs> it that long, right? Correct. And I'm always curious, what motivates nurses to become nurses? What motivated you to become a nurse? Well, I saw my father um, go through Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm. So back then um, in the 80s, um, that touched me. Sure. Mm-hmm. So you're motivated from that. Well, I'm I'm glad that you you were touched and you were motivated. Uh, I, I can tell right away that your spirit of care and nurturing and kindness just comes right through. And and that's the power of a nurse. I tell you, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Some people may forget about their experience with their doctors, but they never forget their experience with their nurses. Mm-hmm. I've talked to patients, a million of them, who always tells me, I remember the name of my nurse. I remember. Right. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> the connection and the relationship that people 
uh, do have with their nurse. So we salute you. Having nice. said that, okay. uh, also being a nurse, you also are a former two-time cancer patient. Yes. Let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, well, in 2010, um, after going to the dentist, I was diagnosed uh, with a head and neck cancer. Um, and that led into uh, having a a extensive surgery okay. to my jaw okay. and then follow it with uh, radiation treatments. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so that was the first time or type of cancer, the Correct. second type of cancer? That my you- second type was in 2012. Um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So with that being said, let's talk about, and you can pick either one of those days that if, that, or, or occasions that you would like. I always am interested in hearing about what were you doing the day that you were told that you had cancer and how did you react and respond? What were you feeling when you were told that you had cancer? What what ran through your mind and your emotions? Each time I knew it. Did you? I had a feeling. Okay. In my gut. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And in some way, did that help you process that better? No. Okay. So it did not. Okay. I so, didn't want to. I didn't want to hear it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, despite kind of having a a gut sense that you you knew, mm-hmm. it still didn't help you any any more than you know if you had not had a gut feeling about that. And so you you get that information and that news. Obviously, you you and as a nurse, I'm sure this is, and maybe it is or maybe it isn't. You can correct me. That you know it was a no brainer that you obviously need to sit down and have a clinical evaluation and start that whole process of assessment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do that and uh, you begin treatment and care. And you did chemotherapy, radiation, and surgery. Did you say um, that was for the breast cancer? Okay, yeah. so mm-hmm. you you've done the big three, as they would say, <laughs> right. and uh, so you've been there, done that, and got the T-shirt to prove it. Right. Sure. <laughs> um, yes. Let's talk about for you. Again, you're a person of faith, and there's a spiritual core to your being. How important was your spirituality or faith to you as a cancer patient in the midst of receiving medical and clinical care? Um, I, I turned to my faith, actually. Okay. Um, you know, I was raised Catholic and um, always went to church and sure. my children all through school. Um but um, I leaned on my faith. Okay. And um, prayed every day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I felt comfortable going to church, whether just sitting there and thinking okay. or um, participating in the Mass. In the services. Mm-hmm. Um, there were prayer chains that were started. Okay, great. And um, someone actually gave me a rosary. Mm-hmm. And I went. To actually, I went to visit a saint. Okay, Saint Catherine Drexel. Okay, and so mm-hmm. would you say, or could you say? And again, uh, I've asked this question: um, Would you have? Do you believe that your outcomes would have been as well as they were and are? Because currently, you're now cancer free, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, how much of a role do you believe your spirituality played in getting to that point? Very much so. Okay. Okay. Very much. And so in a clinical environment and setting, and this show talks about faith, mm-hmm. I'm a minister and a pastor and okay. and now a cancer patient as well. So, uh, But oh. also uh, there are still some within the rank and file of, of the community who struggle with the marriage 
of faith and spirituality and medical care. Was that ever a struggle for you? Because you you have a a clinical background as a nurse, Mm -hmm. but you also have a foundation of spirituality. Was it simple for you to merge your faith with your medical process? Was there ever a struggle with that in any way? No, I felt that I was led to um, great doctors okay, and great care. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I really, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so even as you get a little weepy even now thinking about it, I would imagine then that was, that was very powerful and very significant for you in your treatment and care. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about then how, how did your family respond and react to when you had cancer and how did that impact you? Um, well, everyone was shocked. Yeah. Uh, and, um, uh, it was very hard telling them, um, I have four children. Okay. Uh, and, um, single, single parent. Yeah. Um, so telling my children, uh, was, was difficult, but they were right there with me. Yeah. So you had, you had, you had your village. Oh, I had, yeah. yeah tons had of support. Great support. Yeah. Yep. And it's great. Yeah. And so I would imagine then as you process through that, having the support that you had, your family and so on, and so on your church, your mm-hmm. faith and your religion, you just, you just step through the process and you, one day at a time. And, one day at a time. And one step at a time. Mm-hmm. How has your experience as a cancer patient, a two-time cancer su- patient, cancer survivor, because I think that's a big piece to put right. here, how has that impacted your clinical practice of how you treat and respond to your patients? How has that made you a different or better nurse? I feel that I can relate to my patients. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was, I was there yeah. where they are. Yeah. Whether they're going, you know, through their different treatment, um, I was there. Or just if they're scared about a, um, having a scan or um, going through a biopsy, um, I listen to them and then... It's not always about me. It's about them. Yeah, sure. But I can tell them, hey, I've been there, and this is what happened to me, and this is how I handled it. And and um, a lot of people appreciate me telling them that. I was because I was going to mm-hmm. ask, do yeah. patients how how did how do patients react to that? They, they there's something about having someone on their clinical team say, they're I've like, been wow, there. she you've been there. And I said, yes, I have. So you kind of see the light bulb yeah. pop on in their mm-hmm. head and go, whoo. And and how meaningful, obviously you're you're you can't speak for a patient, you're not in their body. No. But how meaningful do you think it is for a patient to hear someone on their clinical medical team say, Hey, I once upon a time was sitting where you are right now? How much impact do you think that, that really has on a patient from your perspective? I think it has a great impact. Um because they can see, wow, she did it. She went through this. So can I. Yeah. And I, I want to end up a survivor as well and continue on living. Mm-hmm. I think it gives them great hope. Okay. And we know hope is the common denominator. And in my opinion, you know, the X factor of by and large what potentially happens to cancer patients as they move forward. Mm-hmm. There, there, there has to be an element of hope working inside of them to work through the rigors and the challenges of treatment, and certainly you did that as well. Um, in, in thinking about that and in looking at the role of spirituality and faith in a medical environment, 
does it matter to you that you work in an environment where, and I would assume that on some level you've probably done this more or less, where you could pray with patients or share your faith with patients? I have prayed with patients. Yeah, let's talk about that. How powerful is that? How meaningful is that for you? Very much so. Yeah. Become teary-eyed. Yeah. Um, several occasions I was asked to pray uh, in the room with the patient. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> no problem, right? <laughs> no problem. Um, I think it's great. And um, have you always experienced the liberty of being able to do that uh, when you worked? And I would assume you've worked in other healthcare environments, and we're not here to name any names. Or, but did you always have the freedom to do that? At, or was that something? Yes, that you more, but yeah? I, I don't. I don't believe it was the culture. Oh, at other institutions. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And so uh, having allowing that to be the culture of an institution, and again, it's obviously awesome. spirituality and faith, everybody doesn't necessarily possess a faith right. or a spiritual orientation, but to allow that to be part of a culture, if that's something that patients look to mm-hmm. and welcome, um, do you think that that can be a difference maker potentially for outcomes of patients in some, time, in some scenarios? Yes. Okay. Be- yeah. Because um, not everybody has caregivers or family support. Yeah. And if you can lean on your faith, I think that's very uplifting. Okay. And so that being said, then you continue, obviously, to do that. You continue mm-hmm. to provide that type of support if and when wanted and needed to patients. How now for you, now that you're on the other side of clinical care, how has, that, how has this experience changed you? Or has it changed you? Are you a different person? Are you a different nurse? Do you have different perspectives on life now, having been a cancer patient? Um, I really try to keep a positive attitude. Mm -hmm. Um, I just take each day as it comes. And I I don't forget to live. And I... So you're pointing to your tattoo on your arm right now. (laughs) And it says what exactly? It says live. Live. And so that is a reminder to you to do what? Continue to live every day. Every day. To the fullest. To the fullest. That you can. And -hmm. for you at this point, what is living every day to the fullest? What does that consist of? Does that mean that you Spending time with my my partner, Rich. Okay. And my children. Yeah. And my family. And when you hug them, you hug them when, and you mm-hmm. mean it and you say you love someone, it, it just has a different meaning to it at that point, I would imagine. Yes. And so you are living and you are, dare I say, thriving. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, as you move forward, what's next for you? Anything on a bucket list? Anything that you're looking to do that um, you haven't done? Going to Ireland. Oh, which I hear is gorgeous yes. and beautiful. Yeah, it's on a bucket list. Yeah, yeah. So I'm the only one in my family that hasn't been there, and we're going in um, 20 days. Oh, soon. <laughs> yes. Well, me lassie. <laughs> <laughs> and I intend to live over there to the fullest. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Well, with that being said, with the 10 seconds that I have left, um, and this may be the answer, what is it? today that gives you hope or drives your hope what keeps you hopeful today you've done a lot you've seen a lot you've been through a lot my faith really my faith my family and working here 
I see my patients go along with their journey. Yeah. And that's inspirational, too. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. Well, today, you have heard from Nancy LaQuintano, a two-time cancer survivor who has also been a clinical nurse for over 28 years. She is thriving, surviving, and living every day and about to head over to Ireland. We wish you Godspeed, my dear, and we thank you for sharing your journey. Thank you. Thank you for your testimony. Thank you for every tear that you cried today because I know everything that you said came from a real and genuine place, and I've been touched and inspired by you. God bless you, my dear. God bless you, too. Thank you. What a sweet person and a great nurse, I understand, right? Oh, fantastic nurse. Has been working in the nurse field for a really long time. I've said it before. I'll continue to say it again. I think (laughs) nurses are some of the greatest people I've ever met. They're (laughs) loving. They're caring. They're compassionate. And we certainly heard that from Nancy on in in this interview. Well, they speak highly of you, too. Well, I appreciate that. (laughs) I do. I do. I remind you that at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, spiritual support is provided as desired by the patient. Ever wanted to find answers to your cancer-related questions? With Cancer Center for Alexa, now you can. The Cancer Center for Alexa skill is a voice-activated question and answer tool empowering users to ask Alexa questions they may have about cancer or services available at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The skill can answer, get this, over 800 questions and more than 40 different cancer types, symptoms, risk factors, and treatment options. Now, to access this tool, you or anyone you support can simply say, Alexa, enable Cancer Center to any Amazon device. Or download the Alexa app to your smartphone and use the tool that way as well. It's a great new tool from Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Nancy LaQuintano has been our guest here on the program today. Um, Your reaction to your conversation with her? Well, first and foremost, she was very um, uh, emotional as she talked about and talked through her journey, uh, being a nurse, uh, what that path of being a two-time cancer survivor has meant for her, that she she was very much uh, in touch with her feelings Mm -hmm. and emotions around all of those different elements. You know, the really the big thing more than anything else is that this is clearly a woman who uh, values and appreciates her faith, leans on her faith, and allows her faith to be a strong component of support mentally, emotionally for her. And the fact that she took on the mantra, and we've heard this now theme, recurring theme with others, uh, that she made a decision that Uh, not to forget to live and that she wanted to live her best life and live every day to the fullest. Yeah, that's the message, isn't it? It is the message and that she had a tattoo on her arm. Did she really? Yeah, she did. That basically (laughs) said, uh, live. And again, just as a reminder, as an affirmation. And I think it's important and maybe not something for us to skirt over very quickly because we can get, you know, just... inundated with the day-to-day, you know, going to work, go home, pay bills, take care of kids, wash, cook, whatever. And then you add cancer on top of that. You forget to actually live your life, to live it and express it in a way that you're enjoying that and that you're you're, you're pursuing that, that passion in a very invigorated way. And that was my takeaway from her, that, you know, her lesson learned as being a two-time cancer survivor, as well as supporting cancer patients as a nurse, that, you know, don't forget to live. Sure. Don't forget that. And so she 
scheduled a trip to go to Ireland, you know, which was on her bucket list. Yeah, and since this was pre-recorded, she probably is home from that trip, and I hope she had a great time. Yeah, I hope she did as well, and it sounded like she had plans on having a fantastic time. Right. And so, again, you know, the takeaway here is it's simple, but it's not simply applied because we can easily forget that, you know, you can get caught up in the rat race of everyday living that you forget to actually live Mm -hmm. the life that you're caught up in the rat race in. And that's exactly what she uh, reinforced and reminded us uh, with and about. But I thought it was also interesting that she said, Wayne, that uh, on both occasions when she was diagnosed on two separate occasions of cancer, that intuitively she says she knew it before anyone even told her that. Isn't that interesting? I thought it was interesting as well. And again, you know, there's a lot of things that one can take away from that. But one of them certainly can be that, you know, if if we really listen to our body, you know, our bodies can tell us and communicate things to us that sure. then we innately begin to understand. Yeah. And we shouldn't ignore those warnings. That's signs. exactly correct. And that was really where I wanted to go, because I think it's very easy sometimes for us to just push through, plow through or just set something aside and not, you know, kind of pay attention to some of those uh, internal nudgings, if you will, uh, that that may be trying to communicate some things with us. So I, I, I thought that that was very interesting. Yeah. A couple of other things as I listened to your conversation with Nancy that, that stuck out to me was that, first of all, as, as a single mom, when she got that diagnosis, talking to her children. Well, uh, we don't often think about the that reality. You well, know? you know, that's always a big component of being told that you have cancer is then you've got to go and communicate that to your to your village. While you're still processing it yourself, that is correct. you need to communicate to them. And so then there's a conundrum there and there's some decisions that you have to make because you're trying to decide whom do I tell? How much information do I give? Do I wait later? Do I tell them now? There's there's almost a strategy of execution that one has to think through in terms of doing that. And so she talked about how that became kind of something that she had to work through is that, you know, I got to go home. I got to tell my kids, you know, I'm a single parent. You know, how are they going to react to that? So that's a that's a very real um, step in being told that you have cancer that many people don't talk about is thinking of uh, how, when, and where, and whom do you communicate that information yeah. to initially. Yeah. The other thing was, and, and this was really interesting to hear you talk with her about prayer mm-hmm. and praying with patience. Yeah. Well, she she certainly, again, she's a woman of faith. She talked about her deep abiding faith and how uh, she never, uh, you know, uh, she never shies away from an opportunity when she has the opportunity to pray with patients that she is looking forward to that opportunity. When the patient invites you to. When the patient invites, and it's a very important school of thought. We talk about it as a disclaimer often at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We provide spiritual support to patients as they desire. So, uh, you know, again, we're not going to just run in and just pray with people who don't want to be prayed for. But the point is she had the freedom to pray. She had the freedom and, and the glee and the excitement of being able to do that, that in some cases she had felt that she didn't have that same type of liberty uh, in other healthcare environments. Uh, that was very much part yeah, the, of the culture didn't support it. That is correct, and so she really relished in the fact of working in a culture and an environment that embraced allowing the uh, the staff to be able to do that when appropriate. Yeah. Well, Nancy, if you're listening uh, again, we hope you had a great time in Ireland. <laughs> yeah. But thanks for the time you spent with Percy there in Philadelphia. God bless you. Our question this week to you as listeners is what was something you learned during your cancer journey? We certainly heard a lot from Nancy here today, but let's ask you, what was something you learned during your cancer journey? 
Now, we often ask these questions on the program, mm-hmm. and we do read the responses. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, you have a couple in front of you right now. I do. And again, uh, uh, the question that was asked on that particular show that was responded to was, uh, how did and does your faith make a difference to you in your cancer journey from Winston-Salem, uh, North Carolina? Knowing that God loves me, blesses me, and will be there for me has gotten me through my cancer battle. I know that he is holding my hand during chemotherapy treatments and will lift me up during my days of despair. Mm, So I love that. And then from South Dakota, same question. What faith means to me while living with cancer? It means having hope. It means being able to truly enjoy most of my days. It means not having to worry about anything. It means knowing I have the strongest learner on my team. So we thank all of you for sending yeah. in your responses and keep sending them in. We want to hear from you. Well, let me ask you, why Why do this? Why, you know, canvas our listeners for their answers? Well, number one, first and foremost, as we now know and as we should know, in the midst of the current day and age, everybody uh, has understood that there's a platform for them to express how they feel. People want to be heard. People have things that they want to say, things that they want to get off of their chest. And unlike any other time in our history of mankind, we now have a very open environment where people can express themselves to speak their truth to power. We've Mm -hmm. heard that quite a bit here lately. Yes. And so with that, we want cancer patients to do that. Every cancer patient has a story to tell. The question that I often have asked is, do we have enough people willing to listen? Well, we are providing an ear and a platform for people to express themselves with regard to their journey of cancer. Number two is that there is someone on the other end that needs to hear what someone else has to say. So with that being said, uh, there's someone listening right now, hanging on to every word that we're saying that is waiting to get a nugget or something that will encourage and inspire them to fight another day, to hang in there and to continue to believe that the best is yet to come. So there's a twofold dynamic yeah, at work and, here. And we can make the connection that is from exact, one listener to another. That's exactly right. So we're the bridge at the end of the day. Yeah. And so we're just the toll keeper and we're allowing people <laughs> to come across and we're allowing people to receive. Huh. And hopefully that connection is yeah. blessing both parties. At and the there's end. no charge. And there is absolutely <laughs> no charge. All right. Our website is healthhopeandinspiration.com. Don't forget our free resource will help explain integrative cancer care to you. If you've heard that term and wonder what it means, what it entails, this will explain it in layman's terms, as Percy said earlier. Integrative Cancer Care, our free resource at healthhopeandinspiration.com. You have a final thought for us? I do have a final thought, and I want to close strong with our our scripture and our uh, spiritual nugget uh, found in 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4 that basically tells us, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of compassion, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. And so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. The final point simply is this, that which we receive from God, then we turn and give to others. And that is the reason why God loves a cheerful giver Mm -hmm. and not a cheerful getter. Because ultimately what God wants us to do is to receive so that we can return and give that back to others. And so be encouraged today to receive the comfort from your God that comforts you in all of your situations that you may be able in turn 
to comfort someone else. Keep the faith. Keep chopping the wood. And remember, the best is yet to come. We've got work to do. God bless. That's Pastor Percy McRae. We love you, Percy. Thank you for all you do. Bless you, my brother. And we'll see you next time you join us here for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Hope and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with past pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.